you know, I have been massively in denial about alcohol, my mindset, and what it was doing to my mental and physical health. But over the past couple of years, my body started to rebel. Something began to happen, and I just didn't want it so much anymore. It looks like my subconscious mind was on board with beginning to drop this habit altogether, which is no mean feat. I mean, I'm in my 50s now, and I've been drinking since my teens. Now, some of you might be listening to this in February 2024, and you've just uh, ended your dry January, and you're now back to drinking again. And there's no judgment, by the way. This is uh, this episode is not a lecture. I'm not here to preach sobriety in any way, shape, or form. I'm just going to tell you my experience of it, what I've learned over the past year, and then you decide whatever you want to do from there. But with all honesty, your mind, body, and spirit would love you to cut down at the very least. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Welcome, by the way. You're listening to the Mindset Change Podcast, and I'm Paul Shepard, your host, a teacher, a mentor, a mindset coach, here to help you make 2024 your best year yet. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, please do. You seriously don't want to miss out on some of the amazing episodes coming your way. And there are some big changes, some things I really want to dive in and talk about this year, which I have never talked about before. Back to alcohol. So for the past couple of years, my mind, body and spirit have colluded to make alcohol such a hassle to deal with that at the end of uh, 2022, I decided just to let it go altogether. Now, I knew it'd be challenging. There were some mindsets of mine to deal with, but I'm a stubborn type of person. If I say I'm going to do something or dare myself to do something, the likelihood is I will make it happen, which I did. I celebrated going a whole year without alcohol and I learned so much. And that's what this episode is all about. So as I mentioned, my mind, body and spirit, which I believe are all one. You know, when I say spirit, by the way, I mean essence, my energy, my consciousness. I'm not talking about it in esoterical terms. Though if that suits you, you do that. But they got together. I felt very aligned. And this probably comes from turning 50 reflecting back on how far I've come and then deciding that I could do better. I've been treading water in places, being average in places, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I wanted to take a big risk. I wanted to take a big risk to find the big love in my life. I wanted to take a big risk and take my career, the podcast, uh, my coaching, my writing, everything that I was doing to another level. I connected to my future self and I saw where they were and I thought, do you know what? This is what I want. This is what I can go for. I believe I can do this. And if you've not ever connected with your future self before, then I really recommend doing that. That's how we see ourselves in our future will determine our thoughts, feelings and behaviors here in the present moment. So on this mission, I got some mentors, I had new teachers, coaches, I did the work, 
and dived deep into any limiting mindset that would prevent me reaching my future self goals. And of course, alcohol kept coming up. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all because I have a quite a big social group and the way that everyone met through supper clubs, uh, through weekend parties, dinner parties, everything was linked to alcohol. But I had to be radically honest. And alcohol was simply stealing too much time, energy and health from me. I didn't want to admit it. I had a strange cognitive dissonance that tried to ignore the facts, but I kept getting the message loud and clear. And as part of an accountability drive, I bought myself an aura ring. Uh, You can look them up, O-U-R-A, and it has various sensors attached inside. And I was interested in measuring my sleep stats because I wanted to get a sense of, was there anything I was doing in the daytime Um, evening that would impact my quality of sleep. So what I discovered was going to bed late impacted my quality of sleep. I call it the red bars of shame. Uh, You normally have blue bars through all your stats, you know, your REM sleep, your deep sleep, your total sleep and your restfulness. So eating late, going to bed late had an impact And of course, so did alcohol. In fact, the red bars of shame were terrible, really bad after a night out drinking. So I tried drinking less, thinking that might make a difference. Made a slight dent, but not enough for me to think, oh yes, I found the right alcohol level that I can drink on a night out and still get a good night's sleep. And what we do know is that alcohol has a huge effect on your quality of sleep no matter who you are yes it can act like a sedative and knock you out but your quality of sleep will be really poor and all the times you need the bathroom in the night as well that all adds up so the energy i needed the mental cognitive functions the clarity the focus was being put at risk by wanting to drink at the weekend And that felt annoying, to be fair. I was annoyed by that. And then my subconscious mind beautifully drew me to more information that I'd been hiding away from with that cognitive dissonance. So here's the things that I ignored and that you are probably ignoring too. So I ignored that it's a powerful type 1 carcinogen that's linked to seven types of cancer and over 200 diseases which are on the rise due to our drinking culture. Oh, by the way, alcohol and its components help prevent DNA from repairing itself, which is one aspect of it being a terribly toxic carcinogen. By the way, the breast cancer rates for women alone are dark. There's a 15% rise in risk of cancer for just three drinks, drank throughout the week. And then it rises, and this is hideous, by another 10% per drink after that. Suddenly those Prosecco brunches don't look so exciting and wonderful after all, do they? I also ignored the fact that it's a powerful neurotoxin. If I really want my brain to be on fire, why would I drink something that damages my cognitive functions? I don't know about you, but there have been times when I thought, have I got dementia? 
You know, my brain just feels so fuzzy. I can't think. My memory is awful. With dementia running in my family, it was easy for me to make that sort of connection. But what I wasn't doing with cognitive dissonance was acknowledging that my lifestyle, especially with alcohol, was going to have a serious impact on the quality of my cognitive function. And I wonder if that sounds like you. Do you worry about the state of your mind and are asking yourself, what can I do about this? Then maybe begin to think about your lifestyle. Are you getting good quality sleep? What's preventing that? Are you drinking alcohol? Are you reducing your stress? Are you eating and hydrating well? Are you exercising enough? All of these can have a powerful impact on the quality of your mind, seriously. And something else I ignored was the fact that alcohol is a powerful depressant. might briefly lift you up, but then there's the plummet. And it made me feel low after a couple of drinks, and then lower for the next few days after. Now, one reason for that is that alcohol does considerable damage to the community of gut microbes doing their best to keep us physically and mentally well. They're responsible for making the body's serotonin, your dopamine, and other neurochemistry, which you need to feel good. And if you think about it, alcohol is used to sterilize equipment to kill off bacteria, microbes. And there we are, ingesting it and pouring it onto and killing the very community we need to function in life. How does that even make any sense? And I think like most people, I was in denial of the amount of calories I was consuming on a night out. So the average person consumes around 800 calories from a night out drinking alcohol. And I'd hate to think about what the trips to the fridge or takeaway would add to that over the weekend. Do you know, the more I dived into the mindset and how powerful we are and what we're capable of, I realized something. And I realized that drinking alcohol for me was actually a form of self-harm. I truly believe we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And that has depth. If I didn't care about myself fully, then how would that show up in my life? And you know what? It was showing up in my life. And it needed my attention. And you've got to think, haven't you? What habits do you have in your life which are hurting you? Which over the long term are going to create a consequence. One that a future you is going to have to pick up. And what consequences are also showing up now? It's something that we don't often want to focus on. Because we want to keep habits that feel really good now and ignore the price we'll have to pay later. I hear sad stories all the time, especially at my age, where you hear of people who've worked really hard for their lives, been really happy. They've got a lovely family. They're looking at retiring and having more adventures in life. They want to improve the quality of life. That happens as we get older. And then 
is put all at risk. Now, it might not just be from their lifestyle habits. It could be genetic. It could be all sorts of reasons, environmental. But lifestyle does have a very powerful part to play. I think they say someone who has ill health only has one goal, while someone who has good health can have many. I really do think that's worth remembering when it comes to the complacency that we all can have with our health. Now, none of us are guaranteed good health from any changes we make. All we can do is minimize the risk and see what happens from there. During the year that I went sober, I gained so much time back. Sundays were no longer spent in a daze heading to the couch to chill with screens and maybe a lovely little snooze. I was up early and had a long day ahead to enjoy, to embrace life, to do something different rather than just lie down and hope that I'd feel better later on in the day. Not that I was always hungover, but there's definitely a energy drain, a lack of focus that would pervade my mind and body and I'll just have to wait for it to pass. And now there was none of that. I also gained an incredible amount of energy and health. It's no longer feeling tired during the day and I was sleeping much deeper and longer at night. And from that, life does feel much more richer and more fulfilling, less of a struggle. Sometimes you don't realize how much you're struggling until that goes. Suddenly you think, oh, this is a bit more peaceful. This is a bit more still. This feels lovely. I want more of this. Thank you very much. So, of course, with that, my mental focus and clarity went up a level. Now, I thought I had a clear and focused mind. That's how much denial I was in. Um, but stopping drinking just a few months later showed me that my mind was like a dirty glass that had now been polished up a little, cleaned. It felt clear. Now, after a year, I can't tell you how much more focus and clarity I have now. And I'm still wondering, is this going to get even better? I've got no idea. But it's something that people who stop drinking talk about quite a lot. And I was always curious as to, oh, I wonder what that might be like to experience. Will I experience it? And here it is. Well, at this level anyway. I noticed I felt more calmer, more peaceful within myself. I was also able to meditate deeper. That's gone to another level, which I want to talk about at some point. Um, but what I wasn't aware of was how powerful alcohol is at making us feel anxious. It can make the hypothalamus send signals out to the brain that you are in danger, and it can do that for days after drinking, which they call anxiety. That's a good name for it. And I recommend all my clients now, if they're struggling with anxiety, to just give themselves a break. And interestingly enough, they all report how different they feel. Now, here's something that was quite interesting. I didn't enjoy hanging around in the environments where I used to drink. Being sober around drunk people isn't that great at times. Just have to be honest. Of course, it depends on who you're with and you've got to hold this loosely. 
And I would love to have said it didn't matter. But you really can see how certain people change the more drinks they have. The slurring. The lack of steadiness on their feet. And I never knew that this existed. But the lights going out in their eyes, it's like this weird dazed look. As if the spark has suddenly gone. And all I could think of when I saw that repeatedly was, this must have been me. I must have been like this too, around other people. And I admit, I felt a deep sense of shame at that. A bit of embarrassment. Is this what I was like when I was drinking? Also, the speech changes. They become much louder. They lose their sense of awareness. And for some people, their behavior, of course, changes as they become more precarious, uh, more unpredictable, as the parts of their brain which keep them in check is turned off and the antics begin, which, as we know, can often lead to a trip to A&E or regrets later. Uh, It's amazing how much danger people put themselves into after a few drinks just because those parts of the brain have been turned off. And it made me think about, is this what we're promoting to our youth, that this is what you should do when you become an adult. You should ingest a drink that's a carcinogen, neurotoxin, depressant, that can make you lose your memory, that can make you vomit a lot, actually poison you to the point that you may need hospital treatment, and put yourself in very precarious positions. You should drink this drink uh, because this is what being an adult is all about. And then this little advert saying, please drink responsibly. It's such a powerful substance. We don't see that with hardcore drugs. And yet we're aware of how much alcohol is impacting society today. We fall under the illusion of, well, it's only people who have a real problem with drink that need to be told drink responsibly because I'm all right. And I fell into that category of I felt I was a normal drinker and that I could handle alcohol, and it was other people who had an issue that I would feel sorry for. What a terrible, limiting mindset that was. Because the reality is, alcohol isn't suitable for any of us. There's no one it's not going to impact on a negative level somewhere along the lines, no matter what they say. Again, I just think it all comes back to denial. We want to drink. We want to carry on drinking. We like the social side of it. So we deny the truth of what it's doing to us. So what happened with my social crowd? I mean, one of the fears I had was that I would lose them, that we would take different paths. But what began to happen was this. I wanted to take a different path. I'm still in contact and I still see them in different environments. But I took a different path and I didn't want to spend time anymore hanging around with drinkers for large parts of the weekend. I wanted something else. I wanted something deeper, something richer, something more fulfilling. And that's what I found. I didn't know that by saying no to alcohol, I'll be saying yes to so much more in life. And do I miss alcohol? Not really. I mean, there's an odd drink that I used to like. uh, But the mere thought of what it would do to me and how I'd pay for it in other ways soon puts me off. And to be honest, some of the 
alternatives are getting fantastic. Uh, we had guests over near Christmas and they bought a bottle of Fortnum and Mason, very posh, um, alcohol-free bubbly with them. And it was really good. I mean, most of the uh, ones I've had so far have not been great. I did try a red wine in this alcohol-free bar we have in Brighton. And they promised me it would taste like red wine. And it didn't. It just tasted like grape juice. And that's what I found so far. So if anyone knows of a really good red wine or white wine that tastes like wine, but is alcohol-free, let me know. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. And something that's just popped to mind is when you do stop drinking for a while, you begin to see it everywhere. Most TV programs, to deal with stress, there's a glass of whiskey or wine. Even in sci-fi shows, you'd think that we'd be a bit more advanced in the future. (laughs) They're heading to the bar to drown their sorrows and deal with stress and their issues, drinking something that was made on another planet and apparently is so strong that only very strong people can drink it. I mean, what message are we sending out to people, hey? We have to be honest, the drinking culture is absolutely killing us. There are companies making a lot of money from the misery it creates. We have been conned into making this toxic substance our way of life. We celebrate life with it. We treat stress and low mood with it. We celebrate, socialize and party with it. And of course, we welcome children into adulthood with it. But there is a growing sober movement who are saying, no, thank you. More young people than ever before are refusing to have anxiety, refusing to be poisoned this way because they have other things they are saying yes to. Apparently, Gen Z are drinking 20% less than millennials. And for the drinks industry to maintain their profits, they're going to have to provide much better alternatives for us sober folk and for people who'd like to just cut down a bit. Now that sounds like good news to me. Now someone did ask me, would I ever go back to drinking? Was there going to be a situation where I would pick up a glass of something? I did joke that if there's ever a zombie apocalypse then um, I might reach for something. But even then, I'd still want a clear mind to try to survive, so probably not. So let's hope that never happens. Hey, so going alcohol-free has led to and helped 2023 be one of my best years yet, one of my most successful years ever. Yes, it's been challenging, but it has been worth it on so many levels. And I hope this has given you some inspiration, some food for thought about where you are with your alcohol journey, what would you like to do? Even if it's cutting down so that you can give your mind and body a rest. And these are all positive steps to make. You don't have to jump straight into sobriety like I did. You can take it easy with yourself, be gentle with yourself and make some small changes. Every little helps. A few resources that I'd recommend that helped me was the Dr. Andrew Huberman from Huberman Labs did a whole podcast episode on alcohol. That was quite sobering. There's a YouTube channel by a guy called Sober Leon, which I'd really recommend. 
He's very straight to the point when it comes to alcohol and its impact on us. And there's also a great book by Sean Alexander called Sober on a Drunk Planet. Now that is also a very good read. Thank you so much for spending your time and energy with me. I look forward to connecting with you in the very next episode. Mm -hmm.